Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Hello from Jerusalem. This is TV7 Middle East Review. And uh, here in the studio with me, my good friend, uh, Dr. Colonel Reserve, Eran uh, Lerman. I am Danny Ayalon. And we are going to discuss the, the issues that are on the table. And there are many, as usual. And this is the first uh, Middle East Review for 2023. We hope this year will be better than last year and that we will all be uh, safer and secure with good future in the region and at large. And um, Iran, I think that um, still Iran this year is going to loom large over all international affairs, uh, diplomacy, and also uh, possible uh, military operations. And I would like to start maybe with what is taking on right now as we speak. Juniper Oak. Right. Can you tell us something about Juniper Oak? Yeah, let's start by, by mentioning that, that while uh, Israeli opinion here is focused on other issues, domestic, a big domestic fight over judicial reform, the, the government co- constantly has to keep an eye on Iranian development because two things are happening. One is that the negotiations over the JCPOA are basically at a total standstill. Seems like they are null and void. They are, some American, even Rob Malley, who was not only the negotiator, but a proponent of an agreement, um, has said basically that uh, it's it's off the table as things stand. And the Europeans And well. you hear this from the Europeans. You even hear a possibility that Britain, um, as a standalone player, will also go for a snapback of sanctions given where Iran has gone. Uh, it's, it's the Iranian position in the negotiations which ruined the prospect of an agreement. And then came first the alliance with Russia, then the uh, brutal repression of, uh, of the demonstrators. Uh, I think the Iranians pathetically invited the, the wives of certain leaders around the world to demonstrate that they care about women. I mean, they yeah. couldn't have, they couldn't have been more, more cynical, more and, cynical and, 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 and silly. And more ridiculous. Ridiculous. Exactly. Listen, they are not only, it's, it's, I guess it's called the hijab uh, demonstrations because actually the killing of a woman who did not put her hijab right according to their, uh, you know, uh, military the, and, uh, the, and the, the modesty, morali- morality police. Morality police and morality guards. It's ridiculous. They are hanging people out of cranes. They are so, killing indiscriminately the, the demonstrators on the streets. So Western opinion has turned sharply against Iran. Uh, for, for, for the, a combination of these two reasons, uh, their the support for what the Russians are doing in Ukraine, which is brutal, and what they're doing in their own uh, cities and, and, and streets. So uh, with this on hold, 
the, the major question that arises is, uh, well, is there a plan B or a plan C? <coughs> and uh, on the military side, you see a major exercise, unprecedented in its scope. This is the Juniper Oak. Juniper Oak, Oak um, which um, basically embodies the Im immense evolution in the relationship between Israel and the U.S. Military Central Command, CENTCOM. Just to remind our viewers that uh, until the Abraham Accord, or just a little bit before, Israel was part of the European command of uh, the, the Americans. This was because of the objections of the Arab countries in the Middle East. But much naturally, we should be with CENTCOM, and we are now with CENTCOM, which is right. a major, major development in our uh, 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 the effectiveness of our military cooperation, not just with the United States, but also with um, friendly ally Arab. countries here in the region, mostly the Abraham Accord uh, countries. And um, it's true, when, when CENTCOM was created back in 19... 83 under the Reagan administration, Israel was still stuck in Lebanon. And so Syria, Lebanon, and Israel were left outside the, uh, the AOR, area of responsibility of CENTCOM, because they were a kind of a sore tooth that you didn't want to uh, touch. But over the years, relationships began to build uh, when uh, the present Secretary of Defense of the United States, uh, Lloyd Austin, was commander of, of CENTCOM. He already came to Israel for visits. He built a relationship uh, with uh, then Chief of Staff uh, Benny Gantz and so on. So uh, the formal uh, transition of Israel from the UCOM AOR to CENTCOM was only a matter of time. But the result is, is really spectacular. Uh, uh, we just had a change of uh, chiefs of staff in Israel, General Herzi Halevi, Le Lieutenant General Herzi Halevi, taking over from uh, Lieutenant General Aviv Kochavi. And the commander of CENTCOM, General Korea, actually uh, came here to attend the ceremony, which is, and this was it's his a strong fifth, statement, a strong statement. And this was his fifth visit. Um, since he took mm -hmm. command. Mm -hmm. And, and Juniper Oak, with its land, air, and sea components, is an unprecedented demonstration of how far this relationship has evolved. And, uh, and um, Iran, from a military point of view, and you're a military expert, of course, um, I mean, this is the largest scope uh, military uh, drilling and exercise that we have done with the United States, as you mentioned. It's air, naval, and also uh, ground uh, operations. If indeed someone theoretically uh, wanted to uh, prepare an operation in Iran against its illegal nuclear uh, infrastructure, would that take all these branches, air, navy, and uh, ground operation? Well, um, clearly the main thrust over for a uh, target over the horizon will be from the air. But we have to bear in mind that Iranian retaliation could fall upon American troops in Iraq, could fall upon the city, uh, could be, take the shape of Hezbollah actions against Israel over the border, could take the, uh, the form of attacks on shipping in the Persian Gulf or maybe even Eastern Mediterranean via Hezbollah and other proxies. So uh, all of these elements would need to be there effectively in that context. And interestingly, it's from the American side that we heard in, in, in um, 
published but unattributed statements of American, an American commander, which we can all speculate as to who exactly spoke, but uh, saying that this is being done to remind the Iranians that while the U.S. is helping Ukraine and constantly looking at the uh, Chinese situation and the possible tensions over the Taiwan Straits. And Ukraine-Russia. And as I said, and, 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 and throwing huge amounts of hardware uh, into uh, support for Ukraine, it is still capable of also dealing with the Iranian challenge. So it's a direct message to Iran that what we sometimes call by the shorthand uh, CM, uh, CMT, credible military threat, is out there uh, in the open. And that's, of course, very important from Israel's point of view, from the so American point of view. So we see now that the American position is coming very close to the Israeli one, which always, we always said, that in order to persuade the Iranians to stop altogether their nuclear activity, it has to have a clear uh, military threat, as we know from, from experience, 2003, when they felt a real threat to their regime and to Iran, when they were flanked on both sides, Afghanistan and Iraq, with American forces, they voluntarily stopped. So this is now kind of a stepping up of pressure from the United States and Israel, of course, on Iran. True. It's also perhaps a way of embracing Israel, but also trying to contain the possibility of a unilateral Israeli action. It's no important. And it, it's, it's important for Israel to do two contradictory things at the same time, like, you know, the famous saying of Scott Fitzgerald, hold two contradictory ideas. One is uh, we want the Americans with us. We need to work on how and, uh, and in, in, in what modalities such corporations uh, acts of cooperation would take place. And at the same time, we also need to retain and to signal to the America, to the world, and of course to the Iranians, that Israel retains the right to act unilaterally if, for a variety of reasons, uh, the political decision in Washington will be against uh, military action, if necessary, when and if necessary. Well, the Israeli position has always been, we prefer to go together with the international community, namely the Americans, if we can. But we will go alone if we must. True. Of course, there are questions arising as to capabilities and long-range and uh, bombing uh, options, etc. And, and pen, uh, whether we have the right penetrators or whether we have some other uh, solutions to all or part of the Iranian uh, project. But um, at the end of the day, uh, the IDF leaders have, uh, during the transition in command, spoke quite forcefully about uh, Israel's ability to act if necessary. And all of this ties with the um, diplomatic or the, um, uh, the other side of, of the military equation is the close dialogue with the United States leadership, with the White House and the State Department, the visits of National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, followed by the visit of, for, of uh, Secretary of State. Yeah, Jake uh, Sullivan, the uh, National Security Advisor of the United States, and the was very here powerful in Israel man. just a few days ago. And next week, we are going to have Secretary of State Blinken, very high uh, level visits, 
and there are many things on the table, Iran is going to be probably one of the major ones. One of ones. the most important. True, uh, there's, there've also been some degree of, uh, there have been messages on the Palestinian question. Uh, what are the American, so to speak, red lines, uh, things that would make- a, But Iran, before we go on the Palestinians- but, but, and, and, and also about Israeli democracy, which is an interesting right. meddling in our own affairs. Yeah, but, but before that on Iran, uh, we, we have to, to remind our viewers, you know, that the uh, the agreement, you know, a new agreement, which was not going to be stronger or uh, longer, longer, as the American pro uh, promised, was not signed because of Iranians' intransigence, because of Iranians, I would say, uh, provocation. The Europeans and even the United States as, uh, as was manifested by their lead negotiator of the Americans, uh, Rob Malley, were willing to sign a new agreement with Iran on the nuclear issues to replace the JCPOA of 2015. And the Iranians, I think with some brazenness that is, cannot be explained, they wanted two things. First of all, they wanted to take the, uh, the, uh, inter the, uh, the Iranian uh, uh, Revolutionary Guard off the terror list. And then also in a real affront to the IAEA, they wanted to nix the, the, port, the, the two uh, portfolios of checking the three sites in Iran that are suspected of having nuclear re residues uh, because of Related nuclear activities. The possible military dimension, exactly. so-called, uh, the PMD. And, and they prolonged and prolonged. And now it seems like the table is turning on the Iranians because now Europeans and the, and the Americans do not want to sign on two uh, on two reasons. One, of course, is the killing of innocent people in Iran in the demonstrations. And secondly, maybe not, not less important, is the new alliance between Iran and Russia against the Ukraine, where Iran is supplying missiles and drones and other uh, you know, military equipment to uh, Russia against, uh, against uh, the, the for, Ukraine. For use against civilian targets. So right now, there is no way we can go for a diplomatic um, solution. So maybe now, on, as you mentioned, on the, on the uh, diplomatic uh, front, snapback of the sanctions should come again to add the pressure on Iran. We know the, Brit, uh, the Brits, the, the, the British government is already considering after the, um, the hanging of the former uh, British deputy. Iranian uh, citizen who was also deputy minister of uh, defense. defense. Akbari. Uh, yes, and I think maybe the Brits would be the first one, the Europeans, hopefully, if they join with the snap-up and the Americans, that I think would be too much to bear by the Iranians, and maybe then we will see some mm. buckling well, in. Could be. Um, I would note also that the European Parliament moved to uh, define the IRGC as a terrorist organization, again, against the background of, of what's happening inside Iran. Uh, so the top European diplomat, Joseph Borrell, said, well, uh, it requires approval by the, the European court. Right. But uh, there are some people who are still trying to keep the hope of an agreement alive. But the, the tide is turning against it, uh, which may, makes the Israeli-American cooperation, Israeli-American coordination, all the more important, as well as the uh, coordination and understanding between Israel and our uh, Abraham Accord partners. Uh, it's a good uh, point in which to mention 
that we witnessed a major gathering of professionals from uh, the United States, Israel, um, the Abraham Accord countries, at least uh, three of them. Sudan is still in, in internal turmoil, yeah, but, but Morocco, Morocco. Uh, Bahrain, and, and, and the Nerds. UAE, the hosts in Abu Dhabi, um, joined by Egypt, which once upon a time was, uh, let's say, very cold towards normalization and now is a full participant in both the uh, Negev Forum. And the Jordanians? The Jordanians did not come. But the they Jordanians, are part of the forum. No, they, have, they are still holding off, but, they, uh, but with Jordan there has been another type of breakthrough, if you wish, in that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu went to Amman and had a long uh, and apparently fruitful one-on-one -on -one, uh, with, uh, uh, or, or actually a team team meeting actually with King Abdullah, yeah. uh, with the other with people uh, <clears throat> uh, of the high uh, from from Israel's uh, the highest echelon in Israel joining in, and the results are that uh, once again you see the emergence of a, a camp of stability, of forces of stability in the region. Uh, putting their efforts together. Um, the, uh, in, in March, we would have uh, a, a repeat of the Negev Forum meeting, uh, this time in Morocco. With the hope that Jordan maybe will also join. And um, I know that this was one, not the main topic, but uh, um, when uh, Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, visited the king, this was also something that could really well, the Jordanians will have to uh, have their own asks and uh, they, uh, their position on the question of the Temple Mount is uh, controversial to some Israelis. Uh, but, but the, the, the prime they, minister they committed... No, the, the Jordanians, once the Egyptians are there, as well as the Abraham Accord countries, they have a cover. I mean, they have legitimacy to go participate. So I hope that will be the case. On one hand, and the other, the problem is that first of all, they have uh, uh, other neighbors, Syria, Iraq. Uh, they are watching over their shoulder to see where the Saudis would jump. There's a lot, there's a buzz in Israel about Saudi uh, breakthrough in the well, relationship with Saudi Arabia, he was but it hasn't in, happened yet. Yeah, Netanyahu said one of his major objectives for this coming term of his uh, premiership wants to bring Saudi on board with the Abraham Accord? Well, uh, the Saudis, on the other hand, are still signaling that they need some give from Israel on the Palestinian question, which is not easy to deliver given the, uh, the orientation of the present Israeli uh, coalition. But there are small things that have already been happening for some time. Under um, the radar. Well, not entirely, uh, not obscure from 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 view. Uh, <clears throat> we used to say it was one of my favorite sayings that the the most dense area in the Middle East is under the table, right. where everybody talks to everybody. Right. But this is not entirely under the table. I'll give you uh, one example, uh, which uh, people you know, would would raise their eyebrows. The um, the the re the uh, chair of uh, the board of Israel's most uh, important bank, um, commercial bank, Bank Lumi. Who happens to be an Israeli Arab. Who happens to be an Israeli Arab, some Abu Yihad, uh, actually attended a conference about the right. financial future in Saudi Arabia, spoke there openly. 
Now, that's an Israeli citizen in a Saudi event, uh, an Israeli citizen of some importance. Happens to be Arab, but still. And, uh, and there's a constant buzz about Israeli investment in Saudi Arabia, Israeli businessmen uh, and coming in transfer. and out, technology yes. transfer, involvement in this fant- fantasy project called the city of Neom, and so on and so forth. So uh, un, uh, the, again, uh, we, we you know it's it's important. Things that are happening. The, the region here, the region here needs water, needs food solutions. This is where Israel comes as a solution. So anymore, Israel is not the problem as the Palestinians try to paint us, but we are the solution. So there is a great future for the region, but the Palestinian uh, issue that has to be somehow contained. Uh, managed or managed or reduced somehow and the um, but still I think the Saudis will not uh, step up to the table as long as King Salman holds the reins I think he is now 87 years old he's the old guard he cannot bring himself to uh, the recognition openly of Israel but his son which is very innovative maverick I would say uh, MBS Mohammed Ben Salman once he succeeds him uh, I, I think that this would be the time of the breakthrough. He is signaling that what he needs is, is said as much openly uh, to, to uh, an American uh, think tank associate, the, the Washington Institute that we are all familiar with. Um, what he needs is really an American guarantee for the future of Saudi Arabia in order to, for him to feel safe enough to take that, uh, that, that leap Yes. Uh, and 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 turn what is apparently a growing uh, relationship un, uh, undeclared or semi-declared turn it into an open open uh, relationship as diplomatic. And this uh, brings uh, back, you know, um, and and you alluded to it about uh, uh, the United States signaling to Iran that even though they are preoccupied with China and Russia and Ukraine, they still have the wherewithal to deal with Iran and other areas. And um, I remember during the Cold War and even after that, the American strategy has always been that they should be always have the preparedness to have either one major war or two regional wars simultaneously. And it seems like now uh, two two, uh, regional wars could be in the Ukraine and maybe Iran or protecting Saudi Arabia. So they should have the wherewithal, and um, and uh, it seems like the Americans are now gearing up in terms of uh, expediting their uh, equ- their uh, military equipment production, especially munitions, which are very low now because of the uh, shipments to, uh, to they the even, Ukraine. They even raided uh, the prepositioned stocks in yes, Israel. Yes, yes. Uh, with our permission, obviously, which we are here to help us. Again, in, in a major war, a ground war, but since this is not necessarily right now in the cards, the, uh, Israel gave its uh, permission for these stocks, uh, particularly yes, artillery, is, artillery munitions to be shipped to This is also a contribution, yes, of Israel towards the, um, the war and supporting the Ukrainians. And the last thing I want to mention, and this also has this, the Iranian angle, is with Iran supporting so much, in bed actually with Russia in Ukraine, we see also the reciprocity where the Russians now are supplying to uh, Iran 
weapon that could be a game changer in terms of uh, Sohoi 35, you know, the, uh, yep. um, the uh, air, uh, the, the, you know, fighters and bombers and also with missiles and also um, military and air defense, like even the S-400. That also could affect Israel's preparedness and we will have to take more things into considerations. What does that mean anything about Israel's uh, position on the Ukraine to drive us more to the Ukrainian side and at the same time continuing to do what we need to do in uh, airspace of the Iraq and Syria and remembering, of course, the presence of Russia there? It's a very delicate balance. Uh, I think Israel is slowly expanding its scope of help to the Ukrainians because of the, largely because of the Russian-Ukrainian relationship, because we, we, we can draw also benefits from the intelligence that can be gathered uh, about Iranian and Russian capabilities. But uh, we are still, uh, for a number of reasons, uh, uh, resisting the pressure to sell Iron Dome uh, systems to, to Ukraine for the simple reason that uh, we may need uh, each and every one that we have and more uh, if, if the next uh, conflict erupts. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, this is a time of great challenges and great dangers, also of very significant opportunities in the region and internationally. Uh, the fact that the world has woken up to the need for military capabilities is uh, changing their perceptions of Israel yeah, and also Germany their need now. for yeah, Israel. Germany and Japan. Right. Increasing their budgets, their defense budgets. And, and turning to, among others, to Israel for technology. Yes. Uh, such as the Arrow 3. Having said all this, it's very, this is precisely why it would be very important for the Israeli leadership now to put its house in order, to set its priorities right, to reduce the level of uh, internal um, heat over domestic questions, which perhaps need to wait uh, uh, for, for the more uh, vital questions of the day to be dealt with first. Yes, well, this is time of enormous challenges and risks, but also enormous opportunities. And for that, it is very important to have uh, a more unity among Israelis and cohesiveness. And um, But this is part of the malaise, I would say, of all democracies these days. Uh, the polarization. polarization. And we see it in the United States, we see it in Britain, we see it in other countries in Europe, we see it in Israel, we see it in Australia even. And this is something which I attribute mostly to fake news that is uh, promulgated through uh, social media. Um, but also there is a, a, a grassroots uh, division that we must be able to overcome it by not necessarily agreeing with, it, which is, with each other, but agreeing on what are the perimeters of the game and what are the rules of the game. This is what Israel is uh, is dealing with uh, at this point, with uh, what the government wants to do, a judicial reform, which uh, there's so much uh, um, antagonism by all walks of uh, Israeli societies. But um, leadership, that's it. Yes, leadership is what we need. And um, again, we don't have much more time to, to deal with other issues, especially the Palestinians, but this issue with the Palestinians is not going anywhere. We will visit, revisit it next week. And until then, I want to thank very much our viewers for watching another uh, issue of Middle East Review.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.